0: Finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. This is very pretty. You already know that we're not experts. We're just going to do our thing. And today, as you probably already know because you clicked on this, this is the mini episode. It is a mini what's
2: in the news episode. So, you know, it's especially mostly our thoughts and opinions on uh, things that have been going on with the world and America mostly. Pretty much. Yeah. So, before we get started, I just want to offer a correction to my Aladdin episode. Okay, Go er, for Aladdin it. episode to the Disney episode. Because when I was editing it, I was listening back and I recalled saying that Aladdin was written that, that one Arabian Nights was written by a white guy, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what I said. I was like Arabian Nights was written by like a European dude. And there is a correction to that. Kind of. A semi-correction, a half-correction. Okay. So, Arabian Nights, which is actually like uh, 1001 Arabian Nights, is actually a collection of Arabian folktales. So, it is actually Arabian folktales. However, the story of Aladdin was added in later by a French dude who was like, I got this story from a Syrian guy in Aleppo. And people are kind of like, sure you did, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) So... That story is kind of, like, a weird mashup of, like, Far East tales and also Middle Eastern tales and African tales, kind of, like, stereotypes that have been, like, smooshed together. Together. Like, the original story, like, took place in China, but the genie was African and, like, all kinds of, like, All over the place. Yeah, it was, like, all over the place because it was written by a European guy. But I wanted to clarify before we had experts in our... Yeah. In our DMs, being like, hey, 1001 Arabian Nights is not written by a European guy. So that's my correction for this week.
1: The end. The end. Okay. That's the end of our show. Bye. Nope. Um, Sorry, we're still
2: here. We are still here. Okay. So do you have anything you want to start with, or should I open it up? No, you start. Okay, so why don't we start with, we should preface this by saying, we record usually on about a Tuesday for our Thursday episode to give Uh us time to edit, and sometimes what that means is that news will break... Yeah. And then our episode will come out the next day, and it will seem like we're ignoring, in, like, very important news that just happened. Right. Um. So I do feel like, even though this was a week ago, almost, that this happened, that we should address this, and that is that the East Area Rapist, Golden State Killer, yes. has been caught. <gasps> So exciting! Which you and I, both as like true crime nerds, are ecstatic about and very excited about. For those of you who don't know, the East Area Rapist slash Golden State Killer slash Original Night Stalker slash Original Night Stalker terrorized the state of California, specifically in like the Sacramento area, but like also up and down throughout California. Yeah, and. He was so fucking scary. Like so
1: scary. The shit that he did was and he so scary. He got away with it for so long. It's horrifying. Yeah. So this... like up until last week, I would listen to that and be like, "Holy shit! This guy is like still out there and probably in California." Yeah. Like, what? what? And he, he just... was. Yes, he was.
2: Yeah, Our and the worst fear was realized that he was still around. And he committed these crimes in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So he really did get away with it for like forty years. That's and insane. we thought that I mean I when I listened to that series, which by the way, guys, if you really do want like a detailed, like point-by-point, minute-by-minute like explanation of like what happened in that case, listen to the Case File series, because they tell you literally everything. And Or they,
1: read Michelle McNamara's book, because yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely
2: read Michelle McNamara's book, because she brought a lot of attention to this case, which is why it got solved. Yeah. Um, but if you just want to kind of listen to something, either listen to that, or listen to um, Case File, or both, because Case File has, like, interviews with the uh, victims, victims and, like, families of the victims, but... Michelle John McNamara is really uh, what broke this case wide open. Yeah, the
1: book is called... um,
2: I'll I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I'll Be Gone
1: in the Dark. I'm loving all the information that we're finding out. Did you hear how he was caught? The DNA. Yeah, That's becoming a big controversial topic, but honestly, like, I'm having a hard time being interested in it because that part doesn't interest me. (laughs) The fact that he was found interests me. Well, the fact that he was found interests me, but the fact
2: that this is... I have never heard of them using DNA like this before. So... But isn't
1: that a good thing? Like, if you're you're a bad guy, then yeah, you need to worry about it. But if you're like... If you haven't done anything wrong... Right,
2: but I think it kind of... I I agree. I'm so happy that it was used in this way to find him, but I think the reason why people are concerned... So, if you don't know, this is what happened. So, the detective who was on this case, he was getting ready to retire. He actually was, like, all set up to retire in March, and he was like, I need to solve this case. Mm-hmm. So he was like, we have all this DNA, because for everything that the East Area Rapist did, Golden State Killer did, right, to keep from getting caught, he did not, um, he left a lot of DNA at the scene, right? Mm-hmm. So, he was like, you know what we should do, is we should, it wasn't 23 Me, but it was one of those, like, those DNA yeah. like sites, Websites, or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, let's run his DNA, up against their database and see if it hits anything. And it did. It hit somebody like so say if I had like sent my spit into twenty three and me and they sent back like, Hey, you're this and that, and I'd be like, Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, my shit is forever in their system after that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. It it bumped up against somebody. They ran all of that person's like um family members and they were like, this is the most likely like guy. And then they like staked out in front of his house until he's like slipped up.
1: How amazing is that? It is
2: amazing, but here's the concern that people have. Yeah. Because with people were already worried. Like there were already things going around. Cause I definitely want to do the 23andMe. I'm such a like I'm such genealogy a genealogy nerd. I am, absolutely. Me too. Like I have my whole like like family tree, but also like I'm such a question mark. Like, my white family has been here literally since, like, the 1500s, and my black family, obviously, you can trace that back so far, and then you go into slave records, and it becomes difficult to track, so I want to do it so bad. Yeah. But the thing that people have been having a difficult time with is that you basically do sign over... To allow your DNA to remain in their database for basically whatever they want to use it for.
1: I mean, I, I guess I'm just one of those people that, like, that doesn't scare me. But I'm like, like, okay, yeah, whatever. So,
2: like, hypothetically, they could take it and, like, use it to clone shit or whatever. That's, like, what people are concerned about. Like, because where where does it stop whenever you've signed it over to let them use it however right. they want? You know what I mean? I guess mean? for
1: me, like, I don't know why. it's just It doesn't, that still doesn't really... Scare me. I mean, I feel like I would, I'm more concerned about like the information and photos like that Facebook is holding on to forever. And I don't um,
2: know if there was a clone of me out there like and some that. like, if they sold my shit to like a government entity and there was like a clone of me out there, I'd no, want to know. <laughs>
1: I'd be pissed, but I feel like. Maybe this is me being naive, but I feel like, in my mind, the likelihood of people digging up information about me, like, through Facebook or other social media, is more likely than them choosing my DNA out of everybody to want to use as a clone or something. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, for me, like, that's just my rational side of my mind that I don't use very often. That's, like... What are the odds of that actually happening? I don't know. And, I'm, and the I'm odds also, are like the odds are low, but the, I'm also there. just a really trusting person, even in things that shouldn't be trusted, which is definitely a flaw that I have. And like Chris gets really mad. At me. I don't know if it's a flaw. No, it's totally a flaw because it's like I'm trusting. I'm trusting to like a
2: fault. I do think there's an element of that that we all deal with on a daily basis. So it's easy for me to be like, yeah, twenty three and me, like or any of these like DNA sites being feeling like that's violating, but at the same time, I don't read terms of service ever. You know what I mean? So, like, who knows what we all collectively on a daily basis are just being like, sure, too.
0: Like, we don't know.
1: Yeah, and as far as me thinking about giving DNA, if... For any reason, my DNA could somehow be part of solving a case like this. Like, that's where my mind right. goes. I'm like, if if my donation in any sort of way, whether it be to science, to one of those genetics websites, can be of any help to the greater good, mm-hmm. to me, the pros outweigh the cons, for, yes, in my mind. I
2: agree with you. Um, I have to say, though, that... He does have children and grandchildren. And yes. while it's a conflicting feeling, I'm sure, it's a conflicting feeling. Like, where you could be like, oh, I helped put my grandfather away forever, even though he's a fucking monster. He's still your grandfather. And, like, what, what right. are you going to deal with emotionally to fucking grapple with of that? Of course.
1: But that's something that I feel you need to know. I mean, it's not... I shouldn't say need to know. But it's something, like, I would rather... Like if I found out that my mom, who is, as you all know, like my best friend, if I found out that she was actually this whole other person, as heartbreaking that would be and as much as it would fuck me up, I feel like it would be worth it in the long run. I've never been in this situation, obviously. So yeah, I, can't I think it's a say. difficult thing to speculate on because and it's like... Y-
2: y- but but it's not that person's fault, Right, but it would be hard not to feel that way. Of course. You, know what you I mean? Could put,
1: you could have guilty feelings and things like that, but at the same time, I don't know.
2: I just want to state for the record that, y- yes, I think I would do something. I truly, truly do. But I think it's the same kind of situation of, like, running into a burning building where you don't know what you're gonna do exactly no, I or, or it would take you a long time to make the decision to do it yeah. you know what I mean like I I have a f- I believe truly that I would do the right thing but would I do the right thing right away because the brain is a tricky thing and yeah, having to, you don't like, know
1: how you're gonna react come to things. terms
2: with like that situation so I really really feel so 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 badly for his family because I'm just like you guys were thrown into a hurricane of shit that you didn't know was coming. Yeah,
1: well, and I hope that they're getting the help that they need. And I hope that their privacy is also being taken seriously, because I'm sure there's a lot of people. No. Yeah, it sucks. But are there people that are trying to at least help them? I'm sure there are, but I've already heard reports
2: of, like, people camping outside their house, taking pictures. Yeah, well, they
1: probably have to be moved into, like, a hotel. Because I know when there's, like, abduction cases, they usually move them into, like, a hotel and will move them around. And, like, there's, you know, constant police around them yeah. so i hope that there's at least some people that are helping right now and it'll blow over eventually yeah. and they'll you know be able to move on and I mean, in whatever move, way they can i was gonna say move on is kind of you know in quotes you know yeah move on in in whatever way makes sense for them yeah their lives are never going to be the same and their, f- their 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 gen- future generations lives are never going to be the same you know but hopefully they can regain some sort of new life, some analysis. sense of normalcy. Yeah, um, and I do want to state for the record that I think the way they
2: found, they caught him was super cool and innovative. It. At- innovative and interesting
1: and... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a groundbreaking thing, I think, for finding future criminals, which, again, leads back to why people are concerned. But for right. me, it's
2: still, like... It's so cool. And, like, it is so I, I'm cool.
1: not against it. I'm, I just yeah. feel
2: like I had to play devil's advocate and state, for the record, like... Totally. This is why people are concerned about giving... Like, if you're one of those people who's, like, weird about the FBI watching you through your laptop you might not want to give your DNA to 23andMe because... I feel like
1: they'd probably already be thinking
2: that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> quite possible. Um, but And for the record, I just wanted to state that his name is Joseph James D'Angelo. So we can go ahead and put that out there. Put and, it out there. Um, he is 72 years old, and uh, he did some really horrible shit. So Really horrible
1: shit. I guess I'll move into talking about 13 Reasons Why. Alrighty. So season two is coming out. I... Thoroughly enjoyed season one, although I was very aware of the problematic shit that went down. Did you read the book? I did. I read the book okay. when I was in high school. Yeah, I read it when I was in high school. I read school. it again when I was, like, 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. It's a book that really resonated with me. It's one that I... it's it's. I don't read a lot of books over and over again, and that's one of those books that mm-hmm. I could read over and over again.
2: I liked the book better than the show. I watched yeah. the whole show. I have beef with the show.
1: Yes, the I have show... beef with the
2: book, actually, too. Now that I think about it, yeah.
1: But... but I mean, for me, well, and and this is, I guess, a good way to kind of introduce the fact that we're going to be doing mental health awareness, month. right? So,
2: welcome to the month of May, everyone, yeah. and the month of May is uh, Mental Health Month. So we are going to. Uh, our next full-length episode is going to be a mental health episode, as will our final episode of the month. We're not going to overwhelm you with with a lot of this stuff, because it can get really heavy. So, yeah. the middle two weeks, we're going to try and do some lighter subjects.
1: Yeah. Um. But, but we're going to start and close the month with that. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know my past, I, you know, struggled with anxiety and depression and eating disorders. And the media, especially television was sometimes very triggering to me. I think at times gave me ideas for things that I may not have known about otherwise. But then you also have to look at the other side of things that makes people aware that those are problems that people have. Um, So as far as 13 Reasons Why goes, I think that it's an incredibly important show for a lot of reasons. I wish they hadn't shown her suicide,
2: spoiler alert you know actually i feel like we're on we're on opposite sides because to me my beef with this show was how much they because whenever i was a teenager and after whenever i had like lots of depressive episodes anytime i entertained the idea of suicide it wasn't the reality of what that means mm-hmm. it was the thought of everybody's going to be so sorry that they were mean to me and they're going to cry at my funeral and, you know, all of that stuff, that romanticizing about being able to be in control. And for me, that was my beef with the show. It romanticized the idea of, like, I'm in control after I die. You all have to suffer for what you did to me and you caused my suicide. Right, which... I don't like that.
1: No, but... They still show the anger, I feel like, of the main character being frustrated that she did that. Like I still felt that being like, frustrated that she did what? Sorry. That she killed herself. That it was that, that that she had to like go to those ends. Like I don't think it shows that like, oh look, all these people are gonna be so sorry that you're gone. Because yes, there were people that that really missed her and were sorry that she was gone because it's a human life that was once in their life and isn't anymore. But I feel like it does still show the recklessness Right, but she painstakingly created tapes to
2: make people feel guilty (laughs) about what they did to her.
1: Which angers the people. Like, it doesn't... It's not like, oh, it worked out exactly how she wanted to. She left destruction...
2: When right, she left. but to
1: me, I don't know. To me, it
2: kind of romanticizes the idea of, like, you are still in control after you die, and it's, and right. it's, and they never once in that show, okay, and we're talking about this because the trailer for season two came out, look, I'm gonna watch season two, I think that it's important to be talking about this stuff, suicide is very close to me, you know, someone very close to my life committed suicide, but I think there are things that I have beef with with the show, and... One of those things is the romanticizing of it. Another one of those things is putting the onus on everyone around you for to be responsible for your mental health. Right. And the third thing is never once in that show do they ever discuss her mental health. Ever. That's true. You know, they That's never true. they never really discuss that anything deeper is going on with her other than that she's being an angsty teen who this bad stuff's happening to and she can't handle well, it. Well, I
1: mean, she was raped and had a lot right, of horrible things happen. but they happen. never discuss
2: dealing with any of that stuff.
1: Right. But also, sometimes people who commit suicide may not have had a history of mental illness exactly. I feel like at times, like... When I think of myself... 90% though. No, like I, I, at the I statistics, agree.
2: Yeah. Know, 90% I, of people who commit suicide have a history of mental health issues.
1: Right. So, Not in, everyone. In this, right. In this particular instance, we don't know. We don't know what her history is. It, it is most likely that if you're committing suicide that you have some sort of history with those things. Also, there are... Things that can happen in your in your life that can spur anxiety and depression sure. and other mental illnesses that can create, like, if you look into, like, psychotic episodes and, like, how that, you know, can affect sure. you and things like that. But also, if you just think about the mind of a teenager, and I'm not saying, oh, kids, like, they are, you know, lesser than or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I think of myself, and when I would do horrible things to myself... It was because I had such a limited picture of my life. Sure. The things that were happening in my life at the moment were the rest of my life. And I've seen that when I've been nannying, too, where kids are like, I hate my life. Mm -hmm. My life is horrible Mm -hmm. because they couldn't play with the toy they wanted. Yeah, and I think
2: that that is something fair to bring up um, and something that I did defend about the show when I was watching it, where their behaviors seem very extreme because, if you can remember being a teenager everything was the worst. And thing. that's and yeah. that's
1: why teenage suicide rate is so high and Right, this because girl, you can't
2: see the outside of it. No, yeah. you
1: can't see that there's possibly a way that you can get beyond the world that is in that minute. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like she was a victim of trauma, and if you've ever been a victim of any sort of trauma, you know that you are not in your right state of mind. You may not be diagnosed with a mental illness, but you are not in your right mind whatsoever. Your brain is trying to cope with these things. I do
2: absolutely agree with you. I just think I know from having read, like, how this show came about that they were advised... By people by yeah. mental health professionals, not to do it the way that they did, and they did right. it that way anyway.
1: But then there's also if you watched, like they did like a little documentary I saw it, afterwards, yeah, yeah th- and there were you know mental health professionals that yeah. that praised it, but that so... was
2: coming from the backlash of what they had already exactly. received. Like exactly. they were they were already like in hot water because they yes. did something they shouldn't have done, and so they were like, "Shit, we should probably." Ma-. And look, yeah. it was great. Like the the I think like having a talk back at the end of the series was exactly what they needed to do. Like, that was the right thing to do. And I think
1: that having a season two is the right thing to do because I'm hoping that they can take this and kind of implicate those faults that they had from the first season and implicate ways to make it better in the second season I think that there's a lot more awareness that we've had even within the past year. They kind of ended the first season with the possibility of some sort of shooting. Mm. I'm interested to see where that's going to mm-hmm. go, especially in wake of... Parkland. Parkland and so many other shootings that's yeah. been going on and, and the media around it. I'm interested to see what they're mm. going to do with that. Yeah. Um, I have high hopes. I have positivity so I. going into it. Yeah. I, um,
2: I want to clarify that I've been tough on this show, obviously. But you have to be. Because I'm, I'm very critical of the things that I feel like they they got wrong because I think that there is potential for this show and because I think that it has such an impact on young people Yeah, and I don't want it to be giving the wrong message. That's it. Like, yeah. I watched the whole show. I yeah. will watch season two. And for me, um, speaking back to the point that we discussed earlier with you not liking that they showed her suicide, it was really difficult and hard to watch. But for me, it was one of those things where it for one second, didn't romanticize how fucking awful this is. Uh,
1: that's true. You know, and like, I think, for me, what was really hard about it was that because I have a history with self-harm... Right. It was real. ...that it real. was kind of... Yeah, it was just, like, even just thinking about it right now, like, it makes me feel very sick to I my stomach. I had to stomach. take my
2: headphones out. I was watching it, like, plugged in with my headphones, and I had to take my headphones out yeah, because it, it made me feel sick to my stomach t- as well. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: really tough. And that, for me, was really, really hard. But at the same time, there's kids that... Watched it and were able to recognize things in people that they had never recognized before that they went to school with. Sure. And I think that's amazing.
2: She did come across as a very real teenager, and I feel like a lot of the characters came across as real teenagers, and I think that that's part of what, as an adult watching the show, is kind of frustrating, because you're watching teenagers and all of their, like, irrationality and, like, stuff that you're you're just, like...
1: No! There's no light at the end of the tunnel, I swear!
2: Like, I fucking guarantee you your life is better after this. Like, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that, like, post-high school... Things get better, it's not so yeah. hard and it's so it's hard to watch as an adult. Right. But
1: that is exactly true. When I was
2: in high school, you can't see outside of that no. stuff at all. No. Like Yeah, but I think it's
1: great that they that it's made an awareness of people to be more aware of the people around you and see when people are being mistreated and things that you can do about it, even if they're more passive, like phone numbers you can call, ways to reach out to people. Absolutely, Uh, just being supportive of your fellow person. I think there's a lot of really great things that came out of that show. Second season is coming out May 18th. I'm very much looking forward to it. So am I. All right, we can go on to the next.
2: Okay, so the next thing, and I really don't want to linger on this very long, but I feel like we're not doing our duty if we do not address this for, like, five seconds, just because it's been all over the news and it's something we need to talk about. Um, Kanye West. Oh, God. We have to talk about Kanye West for a second.
1: Kanye. And, Kanye get help.
2: Yeah. Because here's the difficult thing for me with Kanye West is I, I go back and forth, because his music, I love his music, I have it on my, when, when I'm getting ready to go out and I'm listening to music that's getting me, like, pumped up, like, old Kanye West music, totally in it. Like, I fucking yeah. love it. but. And so I go back and forth between being like Kanye is canceled, and then being like, but I truly believe there's something really wrong with him. Like right. I, I, but think, I think he can be both. I yeah. think he can be canceled, but also be like, right? And Look, I think, he needs he needs help. I think that's where we are right now, where yeah. we need to kind of like put an arm's length distance between yes. us and Kanye at this point. Yes. Um, even though I truly do think like he. And I think he's even admit he's been kind of open with like the fact that he has some mental health problems, and like yeah. I think he needs to go offline and fucking take care of those, like, and not yeah. be in I the midst hate, of all of this stuff. Because I
1: just hate that Kim like immediately came to his like yeah. defense and kind of brushed everything under the rug for him. Like, no, I think, it makes her problematic. I understand. I understand supporting your husband and wanting to like Chance the Rapper use did the same platform. thing. Like, I understand it, but it's all, at the same time like. That is not the time to be posting online. That is the time to be like getting with your husband and being like, "We, need what's to, wrong? Yeah, yeah, like, we need to talk about this." So, for those
2: of you who don't know, so let's uh, just re-cra- re-crap. That probably, re-crap. like, yeah, this is our recrapping segment. Yep. Um, so Kanye. Basically, kind of re-emerged from his, like, social media hibernation. Yes. Um, He had not been posting a lot on social media, and then I heard a theory on the Daily Zeitgeist, which, guys, if you want news every day that's, like, from a funny kind of source um, that comes out every single day, listen to the Daily Zeitgeist. Yeah. But... They were basically like, I think Kanye came out of hibernation because Kendrick won the Pulitzer and he was, like, couldn't handle not being the center of attention, like, for five seconds, which I kind of agree with. Mm -hmm. And he came out and was just tweeting weird shit. Like, came out and was like, I'm going to tweet a book. It's going to be amazing. And then he started tweeting things about Donald Trump. And he... The first thing that I saw, because I... This all happened the same day the Golden State Killer was caught, and it was the first time I used my own Twitter, because <laughs> I, I was just it. so excited. I posted a thing on Twitter, and then I was getting, like, responses to it, so I was actually on Twitter, which I'm never on, and then I saw that Kanye was losing his mind, yeah. and so I was looking at I was checking it as it yeah. was happening, and he was like, he had posted a picture of... Him in a in a MAGA hat, and he was with these two other white guys, and one of them was giving the OK symbol, which has kind of become, like, an alt-right, like, yeah. white supremacy symbol.
1: Yeah.
2: And then he tweeted all this stuff about him and how him and Donald have, like, dragon energy and just, like, weird... Yeah, fucking stuff. And then that went on for a while and he was just like, none of you can tell me not to hate Trump. And then he's put out like a song since then with T.I. where (laughs) T.I. is like, yeah, shoopy-poopy-doop. And then like T.I. was like, hey, this is weird. What are you doing? And Kanye was like, I don't know. Basically in that song. And um, then today... Today. Actually, let me pull this up, because I figure we don't get paid for this anyway, so who's going to sue us if they hear this? Um, that's not a challenge.
0: <laughs> don't do it. You hear about slavery for 400 years? For 400 years? That sounds like a choice.
2: <laughs> so, Kanye basically says on TMZ, he went on TMZ and said... Today? Today. Today. And basically said that he thought that sla- for, like, 400 years, we were slaves for 400 years. At some point, that becomes a choice. Seriously. <laughs> and there was a um, TMZ reporter named Van Lathan, and he clapped back at Kanye, to Kanye's face, which I think is fucking amazing. amazing. So here here it is. Here's Kanye, and then here's Van Lathan.
0: Do you feel that I'm feeling, do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that is because there is fact and real world, real life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm appalled. And, brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something to me that's not real.
1: <sighs> Isn't that Dude, amazing? Kanye's face that whole time makes me want to punch him. I don't think he has any real understanding. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have any sort of, like, intake at all in his face when he's watching him. And that man, oh, that man, I love you, whoever you are. My God. Dan Lathan, why are you working for TMZ? Work for a a better publication. That was so eloquently said to someone's face Mm -hmm. who... Is quite intimidating that people I like, feel right. like kind of just they handle him with kid gloves all the they time. Do. They never talk to him like that. Yeah, and and he is being so real and honest with him. I think that's it's fantastic, be- but it's not even hitting him because at all. it's raw hurt. Like it's hurt,
2: yeah. and I think the black community in general is hurt right now. Like we yeah. feel personally atta- like victimized by Kanye West yeah. because it's just like we you were here for us and yeah yay has been yay Ye, yay's been fucking crazy like yay's been all over the map doing this or that forever and like it's been but this questionable is a line. but there is a line and people are like he's doing it for publicity he's doing it for his new album and it's no. like
1: it, the stakes are too high and that doesn't matter that no. doesn't that doesn't no. excuse things for me no and for me i feel like celebrities have a different sort of privilege than you and i do mm-hmm. and i feel like He's just blinded. And he's oh, like 100%, in this protective 100%. privilege bubble well, that he forgets that there's people like this TMZ reporter who's saying, you're not here with the rest of us who are afraid for our lives right, right now. Right, And outside of the fact that, you know, not trying
2: to make excuses for Kanye, but I do believe that Kanye West is mentally ill. Yeah, like, well, I he's think he's been he, in a mental hospital before yeah,
1: and he needs to go back.
2: He's mentally ill. He has problems. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So... Outside of that, the fact that he may not actually be able to process or have, like, any real understanding.
1: I hope he comes back later and realizes.
2: Yeah. I also believe that he, and I think the reason why he vibes with Donald Trump so much is because... They have the same kind of, like, narcissistic personality disorder yeah. where, like, it's all about them and, yeah. like, they cannot see outside of themselves or what they're doing. would think
1: that they would bump heads, though, if they were together for too long? Oh, oh for God. sure. For sure. they both have to be the best. Yeah, like,
2: and they have to be the one who's being talked about all the time. And if one of them was taking the other one's spotlight. But, I mean... Okay, so this kind of meshes right into the next, and I think kind of last thing we're going to talk yeah. about, which is Michelle Wolf's um, White House Correspondence Dinner. Yay. So while while um, she was doing that, uh, Trump, who would normally the president normally goes to yeah. the White House Correspondence Dinner, he didn't go. He didn't go last year. I read he was in Michigan, I think, doing a rally. A rally, which I'm just like. Did you see him there? Where he was like, yes, he I did. Said
1: something like, where are my like his where my and they were at? they were
2: like, whoa and he's like,
1: not very many of you, I see. Okay, and moving then, on. And the, no, and then he's like, Kanye gets it. Yeah, he, and then, Kanye, Kanye got it is can, what he Kanye said. Kanye got it. Kanye got it. And then yeah. I saw on James Corden, he's like, Kanye got what? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like
2: so. Yeah, while he was in, um, while the White House Correspondents' Center was going on, he was doing a rally, which I'm just like, has any other president who is president now, like, you're not campaigning, you're president, no. has any other president continued to do these rallies on the road like this? Like, I've never seen this in my life. Yeah. And um, that's what he was doing, and basically he was just like, isn't Kanye amazing? And that's why Kanye is dangerous, and that's what I want to, like, drive home is, like, whatever the reason that he's doing this, short of really believing this, which he's already said that he disag- Kanye has already said that he disagrees with Trump on a lot of things. He's basically just impressed that Trump was able to win the election when no one thought he would. Yeah. But if you are supporting him and you are saying things like, slavery was a choice, you are validating so yeah. many, like, racist people who yes. are on the right and who saying, have said oh, this. And they're
1: saying, oh, well, Kanye is black we got one. Kanye is saying yeah. these things. Yeah, he gets yet. it. He got
2: it. We yeah. got one. Um, okay, well, leaving Kanye, because I don't want to stay on it too long, because yeah. I just don't want to give him as much attention. Um, let's Let's move talk on. about
1: Michelle Wolf. Let's do it. And she offended a lot of people. Which is
2: Okay, but it's fucking bullshit that she did, though, because this is what they're supposed to do. Exactly.
1: That's what they're supposed to do. And also, I can't remember who, I wrote a quote, and I can't remember who said it. But it said, how can you work for Trump and be offended by vulgarity? Because literally everything she says was 100% based in fact. There was nothing that she just, like, was making up. All of these things that she said were very much based in fact. The whole point of this was to roast the president. Mm Mm-hmm. Every other president has taken it in the past, and usually they're there to kind of, like, retort. Yeah, usually they have a chance for rebuttal. He didn't show up, so you didn't get that chance. No, and she really didn't even talk about Trump himself that much, to be honest. She she kind of focused her energy on the people that were there, which I think is smart. I mean, she did talk about him some in a way that I want to address, because I think
2: that this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. The way that she talked about him was to talk about how broke he is.
1: I don't get it, though. No,
2: no. I do. Okay,
1: here. Okay, tell me, because I'm still, I haven't done enough, like, reading into it, and I was just kind of like, what?
2: The one thing, so Anthony Jeselnik, who's a, also a comedian, he came up and said, I was at the roast for Donald Trump on Comedy Central a few years ago, and the Donald Trump didn't care what you roasted him about. He didn't care. His kids were fair game. His businesses were fair game. It was all fair game, except don't say he has less money than he say he ha- says he has. Oh. He's extremely sensitive because he's actually not that rich. Because there's actually a whole thing about him becoming like this rich figurehead where he called in somewhere and was just like, Donald Trump has this much money. Like, he was Donald Trump, but he called in and said that. And then Forbes put him on the list and said he had, like, $75 million when he really only had, like, $5 million. And that's why he was able to get so many, like, loans for, like, casinos and stuff. Yeah. He was, like, because they pointed this out in the Daily Zeitgeist, and I was like, you're fucking right. He was able to bankrupt casinos. Do you know how hard it is to bankrupt a casino? They're designed to win. Like, the house always wins. How do you bankrupt a casino? Right. So, he's an incredibly bad businessman. He doesn't really have as much money as people think he does, which is why he didn't want to release his tax returns, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, that's why he's really so mad at her, Trump, Mm -hmm. because she went after the one thing Mm -hmm. that he fucking gives a shit about. He doesn't care about his kids. He doesn't care about him being racist or homophobic yeah. or sexist or any yeah. of this other shit. He cares about Money. people thinking he's rich.
1: Yeah. I love what she said about Ivanka, though, where she was, like, just like a, like... Oh a God. diaper genie. Diaper genie. She She's, like, pretty on the outside, but, you know, she's, like, full, full of shit. Full of shit on the inside. Ugh, I love no, it. like,
2: I honestly... And I watched her special on HBO today just because I, I, I wanted to see it. And I loved her on The Daily Show. Yeah. And she is so... Fucking funny,
1: and I really when like I was her. when
2: I was watching the White House Correspondents' Center, I watched it on Sunday morning, and I remember telling Anthony I was looking for highlights because I was like I just want to mm-hmm. watch the highlights, and Anthony was like, "No, let's watch the whole thing." And I was like, "I get secondhand embarrassment mm-hmm. so hard that I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. I hate watching roasts because." I can't do it. If, yeah. if they're in the room with me, there's no way I could say the shit that she said. No Dude, way. The
1: things she said to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And fucking Kellyanne. Her face, Fuck I know, but, you, but they kept showing her face. That's why for me, Keegan just took a wine bottle. Um, well, because she was there in lieu of Trump. That's why she was sitting on the yeah, podium. But like the fact that they like have the camera on her face the whole time was like, yo. It's hard to watch. But I don't. I don't feel bad for it at all. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. Like about the eyeshadow, the or way the, the 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 smoky eye. So the line that people have been
2: griping on the most, um, which is crazy to me that this is the line that people are focusing on, is when she says Sarah Huckabee Sanders burns lies and uses the ash to create the perfect smoky eye. Yeah. And. To me I'm just like, that's amazing. But but people, why are
1: people holding on to it so much?
2: Because because they wanted to have something to gripe about and yep. they took that as meaning as focusing on her looks,
1: right, which it's well, not at all. the same thing as uh, the Handmaid's Tale joke, which, which I'll get to. But it's fucking need to rude. Hear...
2: It's fucking rude that they would think that that's an insulting thing about her looks.
1: Because then you're saying that about the actress. And too. doubt is ugly. She's it's a not. whole thing. So the Verge did this really funny article that says how to get Sarah Huckabee Sanders' smoky eye look, a beauty tutorial. Oh my
2: god, that's amazing! And it
1: says millions of beauty enthusiasts have learned how to copy the makeup of their favorite stars, give themselves complex nail art, and yes master the elusive and sultry smoky eye look. Smokies their, are hard. They are, through the vanguard of YouTube makeup tutorials. Um, yet a quick glance at social media over the past few days, which would suggest that political commenters have watched few, if any of them. And so they talk about the the whole routine that she did, the comedy routine, and then they go step by step how to create the A smoky eye Not just a smoky eye, but a Sarah Sarah Huckabee Huckabee Sanders Sanders smoky eye. So it's like, you know, the primer, um, it kind of talks about like, oh, you don't want to miss this step, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then so you think it kind of sounds like just like a regular makeup tutorial. And then um, it says something like, by carefully patting primer over your lids and under your eyes or consistently eroding the basic notion of truth before (laughs) moving into the next steps of the process. And then, you know, it goes to like you know, concealer, lighter shadow, darker shadow, blending, black eyeliner, and they all kind of have, oh, highlighter, mascara, and they all have these, like, really, like... Quick little undertones to it. We definitely have to like post this that's link somewhere. Hilarious. Uh, we'll post it on Twitter. It's hilarious. It's such a great article. Definitely read you it. You know I love what's it. kind of
2: funny is like a smoky eye is really hard. Like that's the thing is people have been like, um, she was kind of complimenting her makeup game because a smoky eye is really hard. And I did because I had a peel on Saturday. We're going into like, because I'm making everything about myself. We had a um, peel. I had a peel on Saturday and I wasn't allowed to put foundation on, uh-huh. but I was going out. Um, Saturday night, and I was just like, what am I gonna do to hide my fucking t- tragic face? Smoky eye! That's exactly what I did. <laughs> and I haven't done a smoky eye in so fucking long, but I was like, how can I distract? A smoky eye. So I had, like, done a smoky eye for the first time. Like, a full black, like, blown yeah, out, yeah. like, smoky eye. Um, But that's the thing people have been clinging to about her speech, and... She's Okay, she said this. So she spoke out today. It was the first day that she's been like, I'm going to talk about it. And she said, I was talking about her personality. I think it says a lot about our society that you would immediately think I was talking about her looks rather than her personality. Because I think if it was a man, you wouldn't have jumped to those conclusions. If I was talking about a man, you would have been like, she's talking about his abilities. But because I was talking about a woman, you're like, she's talking about her looks. Mm -hmm. Because if you listen to the entire White House Correspondence Center, there are two times when she does actually kind of insult somebody's looks. Mm -hmm. She says something about Mitch McConnell isn't here because he's getting his neck circumcised, Mm -hmm. which is obviously a jab at the fact that he's got, like, a weak chin. And... She makes a um she makes like a comment about like shooting fish in a Chris Christie, like talking yeah. about how like he's like a barrel, like he's fat, you know what I mean? But and no, one, no one, is one has said focusing on anything that. about that. Which yeah. is just bullshit. And like the media has media has gone after Michelle yeah. Wolf. And I have a theory that they've gone after her because she fucking called them out.
1: Yeah, she did. And she called both sides, left and right, yeah. out. You and know? she called the media out. Like, she yeah. called CNN out. She called fucking, like, Fox News out. She called them all out. Yeah. I, going back to her Aunt Lydia comment, because mm-hmm. I love The Handmaid's Tale so much. Ditto. It says... Um, Aunt Lydia and the Handmaid's Tale. Mike Pence, if you haven't seen it, you would love it. And it says Sanders is used as a tool by Trump and arguably the entire patriarchy to keep women down. So Mm -hmm. that's why she's thinking of her as being like Aunt Lydia. Exactly. It's not about her looks at all. No. And it also says aunts are a class of women assigned to brainwash new handmaids with the government beliefs and more and help the women accept their fates as birth vessels. And that's her job. That's her job to kind of perpetuate Trump's notions about women and things like right. that. Right, and she... And she's kind of a betrayer of her fellow right. women. well, and,
2: like, as I love that Michelle said, like, Michelle Wolf said this, because, like, I love Michelle Wolf, but I love that she's using her platform as a white woman to say this, because she yeah. was like, I don't know what to call her, like, Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders... Aunt Sanders, mm-hmm. cousin Sanders, what do you call a, what's the Uncle Tom term for a white woman who's disappointed fellow white women? Mm-hmm. Because that's, and they showed Sarah Huckabee Sanders when she said that. It's and she so looked, good. and I hope it fucking hit her in the heart. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm not here to see anyone be like, I don't want to see anyone get bullied, but this was a roast. This yeah. is what she was hired to
1: fucking do. Yeah. What did you think she was gonna do? She's a fucking comedian, dude. right? Exactly. I liked what she said when she said, "I'm 32 years old," which is an odd age—10 years too young to host this event, and 20 years too old for Roy Moore. And she's—and I love that she very casually reminded them, like, like "Yeah, he, he, almost he almost got, got elected." elected. <laughs> um, I just like wrote some highlights here. Trump is an idea guy. He wants to give teachers guns, and I support that because then they can sell them for things and or they can sell them and get things like they get things they need like supplies. Wow, yeah. that delivery was horrible. You get what I was saying. <laughs> you can say it again if you want you to Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no. And
2: For me, honestly, because I I watched it on Sunday morning and then I watched it again tonight just to kind of, like, get myself ready for this episode. And I love what she says to the media because the media is sitting there and they're laughing and they're enjoying themselves. But I do think at the end of the day, like, they do need to take a hard look at themselves. And what she says to them Mm -hmm. is she says, like, you guys have all profited off of this administration. Like, you've profited off of the fact that this has been such a, like, colossal Clusterfuck,
1: and you've yeah. all bent yourselves, and you've all, like, you know, kowtowed. And, like, oh, the, the remark she made about abortion, too, where she said something about I don't remember what it was. I'm so, I'm so horrible at like remembering things and then quoting it. She's, she's talking about abortion, and she's
2: like, Oh, I know, I know that you're all against abortion until one of you needs it for one of your secret mistr- mistresses. Am I right? And everyone's <laughs> just kind of like, <laughs> Um, You know, and I love that she kind of came out today and was like, I'm not sorry.
0: Like, I'm yeah. not sorry
2: I said anything. I don't regret anything. I did exactly what I was hired to do. Yeah. And it's fucked up that, like, the people who hired her from the White House correspondence people, like, they, when they hired her, they're like, she speaks truth to power and that's why we want her to be there to do this roast because she's so, like, real. And then when they got a little bit of backlash on it, they were like, oh, well, she wasn't what... We thought, like, essentially, yeah. and which is some.
1: And fucking she even bullshit. says, she's like, do your research. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and they did, presumably, yeah. because, yeah. like, they said
2: that they knew what they were getting themselves yeah. into, and then they were
1: pissed, like, mm-hmm. because they got backlash. That's the only reason yeah. why they were pissed. I have two other lines that I really loved. She goes, I would drag him, Donald Trump, here myself, but it turns out the president of the United States is the one pussy you're not allowed to grab. Oh, he said, <laughs> he said it first. Okay, the the last one I really like too, because it just drives this shit home. Because just when you think Trump is awful, you remember Mike Pence. <laughs>
2: That was the longest it's ever taken me to use this rap horn.
1: Will you marry me?
2: <laughs> yes. Let's
1: do it. Yeah, I, and that's something that I... So long as Mike Pence doesn't say. become president, because right. then it won't happen for us. And that's what people talk about all the time, like, impeach Trump, and then I'm like, wait, but Mike Pence is like...
2: You should watch <gasps> um, You should watch uh, John Oliver does a really good episode about, like, okay, let's talk about Mike Pence and how fucking scary he is yeah
1: because Donald Trump is stupid Mike Pence is like evil like smart evil Disney villain yeah
2: like I I watched that because because you're you kind of like work yourself up you get excited about like oh my gosh like I think Trump is gonna go down and then I was like thanks John Oliver because I watched that episode and then I'm like okay everything actually does suck and if if um, Trump becomes, in- like, if Trump gets impeached, sorry, the red wine is finally kicking in. If Trump gets impeached, then you have Pence. And listening to John Oliver kind of run down everything about Pence was like, oh, my God. You're like, nope. He's horrifying. I'm good. And, like, all of my gay friends are going to end up in camps if Pence becomes president. Yeah. Like,
1: we, like, we are so fucked. Do you want to read the story, um the Regular episode, instead. yeah. I,
2: I will, um, Annie. If you're listening, I got your story, which is kind of like a follow up to our last, um, What's in the News segment about weed, and it's really amazing. But I will save it for the next episode, yeah,
1: because we are running along. So, we are, I think, uh, let's read a sister solidarity story, yeah,
2: just wrap us up, close us
0: out,
1: yes. So, our friend Matchison. Sent us a few. This one says, My first Sister Solidarity story is the movie Wonder Woman that came out. I know that it has been out for a while now. I even bought it on DVD. But I wanted to say that the movie meant so much to me and my girlfriends. When I first saw the movie, it was so inspirational to see a badass woman portrayed in a strong and independent way and to not depict her as just a sexual being. My friend and I cried during the movie when we saw it because it was just so awesome, and so I think that the actress who plays Wonder Woman deserves a shout-out, and that's Gail Gadot. And so does the female director for doing such an amazing job in the movie. I completely agree. Wonder Woman, if we had had this podcast during that time... We would have
2: been gushing entirely over that. I saw it in theaters, too.
1: Me, too, and it was amazing. And I'm, I'm not a big action... Fan Chris has really got me, gotten me into it. Uh, the director for Wonder Woman was Patty Jenkins. the The team that did Wonder Woman was fantastic. I completely agree, I, with you, girl. And for me, like
2: having worked for Warner Brothers for a long time, like I have been really feeling like DC movies are very lackluster. Yeah, um, DC movies
1: aren't... I, I with would the exception of,
2: Marvel. like, Batman... Be- same. But with the exception of, like, Batman Begins and, like, those Christopher Nolan Batman movies, yeah. we haven't had anything spectacular. Wonder Woman was, like... Bomb. Busted out and fucking rocked it, and it was amazing. Yeah. So I feel the same way. And Madison, thank you so much for emailing us, and we will definitely read your other sister solidarity stories. Yeah, Saliderity we're just stories. gonna do
1: it like each week. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we, if we read all of them now, then all of the joy would be gone in one episode. So thank you next- so much for sending those in, though. Like that's, that's amazing. We love you. Makes me so happy. So guys, before we go, I just want to remind you to send in your motherhood stories if you have any. We've gotten a couple, and they're wonderful, so please, please send yours in. Yeah, Madison also made a really good point that men, please send in your sister solidarity stories as well. Like, this isn't just for females to feel supportive of each other. If you've felt a sort of, you know, female love that you want to uh, share with us, we really just want to hear your stories, you know? So anyone who wants to share something with us, feel free to do so. Do you have anything else that you need to share before we wrap up? The
2: only other thing I have to add is just, hey, guys, we're almost at $5 on Radio Public. Yo, five bucks! I know, we're really fucking crushing it so uh if you want to support us financially we don't have sponsors or anything um right now we try to keep this on the cheap on the real for you guys so you can listen on the radio public app sometimes like that's usually what i do whenever i'm listening to our episodes which is not all the time but when i do listen to our episodes i listen on radio public on my phone uh through the radio public app and if you do that we get just a, a teensy kickback. We get like 25 cents per yeah. episode. Or and it's like totally
1: that. free for you guys. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, and no pressure. No, but no just, pressure. Just letting you know if you want to. And if you really don't want to help us out financially, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're working on TuneIn. And um, Google, Google, Play. Google Play is up now. Google like, Play is up it's now. It's caught
2: up now, so we're good okay. there. Okay.
1: Uh, pretty much anywhere that you can get your podcasts, you will find us. Yeah. And uh, rate and review us Please. on iTunes because I love reading reviews. We don't have that many, and I just reread them today just because I enjoy it. It's like a nice ego boost for myself. <laughs> but do it. Leave us constructive criticism if you want to. Reach out to us on Instagram at uh, Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. 50
2: seconds before we hit an hour.
1: I know, right? And then, um, uh, uh, oh, we have a Facebook group. Join our ah, Facebook yes. group. It's awesome. We want to create a really cool group of people that can, like, talk to each other and be best friends. And it's going to be great. And, Keegan, with that being said, we encourage you to raid on. on. <laughs>
2: That's really, really loud. We love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>